This podcast and its parent website are supported by its listeners and readers. If you enjoy what you hear and read at Ride or Die, please consider supporting our continued creation at patreon.com slash ride or die. Welcome to the Ride or Die podcast, featuring your hosts, Andrew Michael Spence Boyd, Chris Willis, and Nathan Mackey. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Ride or Die podcast. Uh, it's number 22. We're back. Yeah. Back again. We're well into Consistent our scheduling. This is what's happening now. Yeah. Well, I mean, we weren't doing that pretty consistently. Like, we were churning them out. We got to 20 within, like, span of six months. So, like, I feel like we were consistent. Well, illness struck. And now we're just going to, like, count each one. Yeah, I mean like, consistent week to week. Yeah, illness struck the Ride yeah. or Die crew. High frequency Most consistency. That's what I'm talking about. You got some, of us, some ear issues. Some of us jetted off to Portland. Quickly. <laughs> yeah, ASB, you had an ear issue, and then you gave it to me. From mm-hmm. all the ear of it. It was a gift. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. don't have any ear issues. Yeah. You didn't deserve one. You didn't deserve one. <laughs> all right. Well, um, this week uh, we asked Heather Coffey, uh, Chris, uh, an acquaintance, co-worker? Co-worker. Chris, Friend. Um, to join us for our Compatriot. main discussion today. Compadre. Uh, for reasons that will become, I think, fairly obvious later on. But how's it going, Heather? It's great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But of course. Uh, so... Ear rubs. What? Yeah. Was that a transition? Or a, that, that, was segue? A tr- that was the transition. That was the segue. All right, I'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, no, no, it stays. Uh, uh, awkward. It works as a segue. We're yeah. 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 Awkward edits. Uh, <laughs> brought to you by this, <laughs> the unofficial official beer of the oh. show. Which one? Beers, friends. Which one are we going show. with right now? Uh, we'll go with either. Either. Uh, uh, and beers of the show. All right, either one. It's a Carbock week. So we're going with Love Street. And the lemon and ginger Radler, Chris? You Radler. Radler. I'm going to say Radler. It's just R-A-D-L-E-R. Are you sure it's not Radley? Radley. Ooh, <laughs> they are from Houston. They are from yeah. Houston. Oh, I'm glad we brought you on this They show. are from Houston. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Zing, I Let's guess. Let's pop them. Let's pop them. No, it's like a heavy French. <laughs> Ready? Heavily French. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that uh, was fantastic. Ooh. So we got, a, we got an even split here. Uh, well, we did drink we? some before the show. Oh. How yeah. did we do? Uh, Heather's got a lemon ginger. Team Radler. Just Heather and Amy's beer are rocking the cheer. The Radley. Team Radler. Team Radley. Oh, uh, Chris and I are rocking the love street, which we're pretty familiar with, Chris. Yeah, I've had a love uh, street. So, too. Team Radley, how do you guys feel about that lemon ginger? And Chris, we've, we've already had we've it. Had this is not a new thought because I think you said it first, Chris. But mm. it tastes like a tea. Yeah. In a weird way. It's yeah. like a bubbly yeah. tea. Um, I feel like it would really cure you of a cold. If I had to guess, uh, in the same way a hot toddy would. Yeah. Oh, sure. If I had to guess, I would I would pair this with uh, I, I don't know hummus maybe. Oh yeah, hummus. <laughs> if I had to go out on a limb, I would say hummus. What was the other weird thing that it said? I can't remember. A warm afternoon. No, it was something else. No, I think it was knitting in your rocking chair. Oh, oh yeah, that's so beautiful. That's such a wholesome thought. That is just that's just that. so beautiful. This wholesome thought brought to you by this week's, uh, like I said, it's Carbuck uh, out of Houston. Uh, 3.5%. Cocktail shrimp. Sorry, I looked it up. It was cocktail shrimp. Uh, cocktail shrimp. 3.5% for the cocktail shrimp lemon ginger radley. Uh, almost, we're just shy of 5% for the Love Street. A couple of uh, low hitters, but we've got a lot of beer to drink, so yeah. that's okay. Yeah, and I, I really do like Love Street. Um, I like Carbuck a lot, I, particularly on the higher end of the scale. It's a... Uh, the Hopadillo and the uh, Weekend Warrior. Hopadillo. Hopadillo, yeah. That's a double L, yeah. Uh, but I like the Love Street a lot. Heather, you, this was your suggestion for the show today. Tell us a little bit about Love Street. I said that so weird. Sorry. Yeah. I'll edit it out, don't worry. Yeah, She'll answer it. the question Perfect. anyway. Just make yeah. it a little, make your voice a little deeper. Like, don't, like, make it go to a lower register. Yeah, about Love Street. Yeah. No, that's pretty steady. That, that, that was good. Um, Love Street. We'll, we'll yeah. do 40 Love other takes Street. after we finish recording the yeah. show. And Love Street. We'll put the 
good one back in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, a nice beer. Like, you know how you have those friends who are, like, a little bit of work to hang out with? <laughs> and then you have friends who yes. are like, oh, whatever, we can go to Target together and I don't want to murder you in the food aisle. <laughs> it's, it's one of those friends. Yeah. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a friendly beer. It's a nice drink. Yeah. Take it's it to the green belt, it. kick it, make sure it's super cold. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant outside. Well, and outside. Yeah. If it's cold well, outside, outside, you want the lemon gin. Yeah, leave, leave the warm yeah. uh, summer nights for the lemon gin. Right. So heat up the Rattler to yeah, take yeah. with you to the snowy peaks of the Austin Green. You don't want a boiling. Yeah, you just want it <laughs> right below boiling. I've never been to the Green Belt. Is it? I've never been serious? to Bowling Point. Oh, check wow. on that. <laughs> um, Wait, I've I've been to. Uh, I've been to the Green, green Belt too. Oh, I was oh, just okay, doing a bit. I was like, I was just doing a bit. Oh, man. Well, mm, before you do any more, let's yeah, get into the uh, top of the moment. Pal. And, Nate, you're going to start us off for this oh. week, right? Uh, yes, I am. So, top of the moment. Um, and, MSB and Heather, you have animals. So, uh, maybe you can weigh in. Uh, this week, for me, top of the moment is going to be Thundershirt. So, Thundershirt is... Uh, it's for dogs and cats. Um, yeah, that's why I chuckled a little bit, was because I didn't know that it was for cats, for cats so I well. just thought of uh, AMSB wrapping up Kramer in a little thunder <laughs> I thought that that would have been cruel and unusual. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just kind of floored that you knew I had animals. Oh, Chris I mentioned it. it. Yeah. Oh, um, perfect. I spilled the beans, I'm sorry. Yeah, we did our research uh, before we had you. <laughs> we, you were thoroughly vetted. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but anyway, so this is a... What you find Yeah. Uh, so this is a, what's called, uh, or what they... They uh, advertise as a dog anxiety shirt mm. or a wrap. So it's it's uh, the website is thundershirt.com, uh, and it's just a wrap that you wrap around your your pet when it's like thundering or fireworks or any time that they would be anxious. And apparently, I don't know the science behind it, but apparently it cool it calms them down. And Chris, you were mentioning that. Uh, your parents have two dogs. Yeah, two German short hair pointer mixes of, with, of an unknown other dog species. What a gorgeous breed. Yeah, blue <laughs> healer, I think. Pure red mutt. Pure yeah. red mutt. Love it. Hey, no, they uh, look pretty good. But you, were pretty saying, pretty. <coughs> but you were saying that it works for one of them, which is the one, coincidentally, that, that needs, needs it, it yeah. but it doesn't work for the other one. The other Wait, one you have one it. of these? No, they have, my, they parent, have my parents have two. Oh. Two. So we have two, like I said, German shirts. Right. And you have two dogs, of these. So they're, they're pretty big. Thunder shirts? Mm-hmm. They have two Thunder shirts. Oh. Uh, one dog has like crazy anxieties. And so they got them for both. And they'll put them on both. But the one that's like pretty chill normally he doesn't just, need it. So are they like weighted vests essentially? So I think it just like touches them in all the right places, I want to say. I don't know. Because there's, so for people who have autism, they have like weighted blankets Mm. and it really helps like them calm down. And I, I don't have any autism, but I, when I go to the dentist and they put the lead vest, I wish that they would leave that on me the whole time. time. It is kind of like, it's like a little bit of pressure. It's just like a, a, a scotch of pressure. But not too much. A precious coach. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> precious coach. Precious coach. But uh, I like a good coach. Here, here's one uh, one of the success stories from the website, which I actually really like. Uh, this is from Diane from Bellevue, Washington. Mm. I use the Thunder shirt on my own dog. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Wait, that was uh, wait she oh, loves no, the no, dog. No, no. Well, who no, else's dog would she use it on? Yeah, exactly. I used to specify on my dog. I used to summon I went dog. on a rampage. I did this thing on 60 cats. <laughs> and the they all loved dogs it. ran away at the dog park. Uh, <laughs> I recommend Thunder shirt to many clients. They... <laughs> oh, no. Now is that... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, okay, sorry. That's the end of it? Uh, yeah. That's so, a pretty ringing endorsement. That that is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's it a. Worked. What can I say? Yeah. There's kind of an obnoxious uh, video that plays right when you I know, I go almost, to the website. I obnoxious almost broadcasted to the world. I mean, it's obnoxious that it just automatically plays. Oh. Yeah, but it's in the world because it's got puppies and kitties and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. It's available in all variety of sizes and colors. Thundershirt.com. Do they have human size? Yes. Uh, Wait, really? Yes. It's just no. the dentist lead vest. It's just great for dentists. Available yeah. at your nearby dentist. So these are just a couple of uh, things. They also have a thunder leash, which we'll maybe save for another time. But crate anxiety. <laughs> Definitely uh, stretch this into multiple. <laughs> these, this is just a couple of, yeah, let's, let's, if we can just keep talking about this. Yeah. Um, uh, delivery truck noise, grooming, excitability, training, house guests, 
Uh, thunder, fireworks. I'm sorry, can we dig into the delivery truck? That's why I wanted to start there, yeah. Uh, separation anxiety, car travel, leash pulling, barking. This is just so many of the These are the problems. If your dog barks, put a thunder shirt on it. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, hey, there's a lot of barking sometimes. It's here's true. a good one. Yeah, uh, restaurant etiquette. Ooh. <laughs> Don't bring your dogs to restaurants. Here's another one. Reactivity. I'm sorry. Do you bring your dog to a restaurant? Here's the deal. Is it a dog-friendly restaurant? Is there okay. other dogs? Oh, yeah, dude. It 100% has to be a dog-friendly restaurant, but yeah. my dog has so much energy that I would have to, like, take her for a five-mile run before we can yeah. do that. And I'm not about to run that much before I eat, so... No. <laughs> I've never been... I've always been, like, the kind of person that I get real uncomfortable when I go with a dog mm-hmm. that's in my care yeah. to, like, a dog park or to some establishment with yeah, other dude, dogs. You get, like, defensive and, like... Yeah, well, well, that's your responsibility. Yeah. I get real, I get really nervous that um, they're gonna embarrass you. Yes, and then I'm gonna have to be like, no, get off of that child, or like, stop mauling that thing, <laughs> that thing. Yeah, <laughs> and then I've got to be like, oh, I'm so sorry that my dog did this, but in reality, I'm not sorry. I just wish that I had not gone to the dog park. You, you're, you wouldn't be sorry if the dog that you took to a dog Rather park mauled the kids. Ah, <laughs> I'm not actually sorry. On whose but this fault it was. It depends on whose fault it was. Oh, it's always the kids. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it'll all come out. Don't get in their face. Fuck kids. Don't get in that dog's face. There was... I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, there was an instance where I was walking my dog down Congress because I was like, it's so fun and hip to take my dog downtown even though I live 20 minutes away. <laughs> and I learned my lesson because as we were turning a corner, there was this SUV with its windows down and two poodles jumped out of the window to attack my dog. Oh, it you was defend the craziest that? thing. So I was like thunder against shirt. a building. <laughs> <laughs> Two quick small thunder shirts on the dog. So I pick up my dog and I toss her thunder shirt on, <laughs> yeah. and I like hold her against the, the building. I and threw her on like, the roof. Ooh. Anyways, it was pretty wild, and the guy didn't apologize. But then a real Chris Willis. A man in a minivan <laughs> drove by, and he was like. <laughs> Take care of your effing dogs, yeah. man. And I was like, yeah, I love vigilantes. Yeah, that's Definitely. pretty good. That, guy that shout from a safe distance. Yeah. <laughs> from a safe van. Yeah. Hey! But anyway, uh, Heather, please, take, yeah. take it from here. Um, so I today had this interaction where I was talking to this guy, and he was telling me that he uses a drone to find his cattle, because he's a rancher, oh, yeah. which I think is fascinating. Okay, because I, like, I come from a whole family of ranchers, and I was like, wow, that, that's mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, you could just be in your living room looking for your cattle. Yeah. You don't have to do the whole, isn't right that a whole now, thing? And, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. can, like, grab everybody. Yeah. Because yeah. your ranch is, I don't know, like, I'm going to throw a rough estimate, like, 2.3 million acres. Is yeah. that, like, a ranch size? <laughs> it's like is that a size of your ranch? Yeah, that's how big our ranch is. It's Jeez. actually three-quarters of the United States of America. Oh, my gosh. That it's is so many. That's so hard to find cows. It's such an honor to have you on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I was just thinking about that, and then I got, like, my mind kind of traveled to, like, surveillance and what else could drones do. And then I landed on what I really want to talk about, which is, does Facebook use listening technology? Oh. Have you ever yeah, had the instance? I do not own a Volkswagen. I never have. I was talking with a coworker one day at work with my Facebook open about how she had gotten in a wreck in her Jetta. And I kid you not, 10 minutes later, I had an ad for a VW Jetta. <laughs> oh, and wow. I was like, how does this happen? And the next day we were talking about all natural deodorant, because what else do you talk about at work? Yeah. And I kid you not, I had an article pop up that was sponsored that was like, top 20 deodorants for women. <laughs> That is crazy. Well, if nothing else, we have a great start for an investigative journalism piece <laughs> yeah. for next week's episode. Yeah, yeah we we'll talked really about like this. getting this off the off the floor, off Our the ground. Investigative journalism. Uh, yeah, writer die uh, looks into it. Writer die investigates. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so the Verge has addressed this. Uh, Facebook has shut down rumors that it uses your mobile device's microphone to eavesdrop on conversations, so it can better target ads. I, I still believe you, by the way. Uh, in a statement issue, I mean, it's the verge. You shouldn't yeah. believe anything. Yeah. Uh, Facebook said. It's source Wikipedia. Facebook said it does not use your phone's microphone to inform ads or to change what you see in the news feed. I think that if enough people are talking about it, that Facebook has to say something about it. That yeah. they have at least at one point used it. It's something. There's some they sort of like. Do. 
Because I had never even Googled so so much as Googled like VW. Oh, I've Googled it on your computer at work. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's yeah, in matter of fact, that explains it all. Yeah. yeah, I remember you telling me about that. That's the only place that you yeah. Google VW. Yeah, yeah, I gotta be you, do, you, do, you do all your Googling yeah. at her workstation, right? Yeah, actually, let's just move on. I mean, that's it for me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I haven't noticed that myself because uh, I don't pay attention well, to the ads when you have conversations with people do you lean into the microphone on your computer while you're talking mm. to make oh sure i don't that talk Facebook to people no <laughs> I, is that I what you're supposed that. to do yeah that's what i do i hold the laptop up <laughs> real close i forgot i was like no i'm never even like conversing at my computer and then i was like oh yeah at work <laughs> we had to have video calls all the time so i am doing that so I, I'm just gonna look now. I'm so, gonna do. I'm gonna run a test real quick. Are you is, running a test? This is a hot take right here. This is the last bit of the article, and this is all. I'll leave this article alone. Uh, if you're paranoid, however, and really don't want Facebook listening to anything you say at any time, regardless of its supposed uh, utility to advertisers, you can turn off the app's access to your microphone. Why does Facebook have access to your microphone in the video. first place? So you can make a, a call. On Where it. do you see ads on Facebook? Well, Facebook Messenger really? has a video function now. Yeah, and yeah, and that's all you need. Call function. Uh, in iOS, go to Settings Panel, Find Facebook, and slide off the microphone option. <laughs> Facebook, you're coming under a lot of heat. Is it coming? It, does it like have that much emphasis on some of the words? Redder dies hash. Or is that you? <laughs> just, is that just you? If this has been buried, we're, we're bringing it, it back. We're bringing it back. Can you guys we're tell me where how I see it on my Facebook? Facebook gate. I mean, it is. You know, I I actually have noticed uh, myself paying a lot more attention to. Whenever you install an app, it asks particularly. Well, I'm an Android user, so I know that world. But <clears throat> it asks for the specific permissions that it needs when it installs. And used to, I just flew through that stuff. In the last few years, I've definitely started checking it a lot more closely. Because there was about like three or four or six months ago, there was a uh, there was a Chinese app that like made you like you take a photo like take a selfie with it and like made you into this like an anime character. It was like Always all the rage. And it had a whole bunch of crazy permissions that it did not need to perform those functions. And it was apparently phoning data back to, it was phoning home to uh, some Chinese servers. Mm -hmm. And so, like, yeah, I mean, that, that type of thing happens all the time. And it, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that Facebook at one time was doing that. Yeah. And they just got out ahead of it. Yeah, we just have to be really specific about what we talk about and only make it sure it's things that we want. Guys, what if there's a microphone in this room? <laughs> oh, no. Also, here's Christ. a hot take. Is that possible? I mean, Ooh, I if so, if so, if so. I can't see behind the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> if so, they've, they've hidden it really well. Um, Wait, what did you just say? Behind the what? Sorry. <laughs> here's my quick hot take. I don't care about... I don't care either. Actually. I don't care. I don't care if they're listening to me. Like, it's fine. It's whatever. Really? It's I want dirty, more. It's we we well one we want more listeners. <laughs> so that's fine. So if we can say we can add to our listener base all of Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> that would be perfect if they just listen to us and they're like we like them listening or like we like listening to them and then they're just like here ads on everybody <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> Boom, fine with that. Ads I mean, if ads. it works like that, that's you you make a pretty compelling. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I never even see the ad. I never even pay attention or notice ads. But to touch on your first uh, talk of the moment, I will say I did a real quick search. Uh, they're saying that drones are replacing horses, four-wheelers, mm -hmm. pickups. Postmen. Horses? Postmen. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, like, cattle. For oh, arrangements. To, to find said yes. cattle. To find. Also not, for, not for riding, because I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I thought there was, was a guy that ride yet. a drone. There was yeah. a guy that did that with a hammock. Strapped it to a drone. Really? Yeah. Wow. Didn't go very high just for safety. Big drone, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I think I don't know. The next like five years or so with the whole UAV historical thing is yeah, it's gonna be really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm really uh, ready for like the next twenty years when we get hovercrafts. Yeah. Because I watched a lot of the Japanese <coughs> growing up. And so I really Excuse have my me. eyes peeled for hovercrafts. Like that is what that, I want. I just think there's gonna be a real learning curve for people and a lot of people are gonna die when we get hovercrafts. <laughs> That's like, just, they're just gonna hit it's each other. That's just weeding out the trees. Yeah, it's trees, life's the weak. Yeah. Birds People will be a real fire. issue. <laughs> birds birds are, are an issue, issue now. You know? Are they? Yeah. They're never derailing but my when car. You, when you're in a hovercraft, though, then you can intentionally <laughs> hit birds. Bird and that's where it's fun. <laughs> no, but birds, <laughs> so. Uh, hovercraft. I don't know where I was going to bring To bring the conversation back to a serious note. I just looked up an article here, real quick. The Verge says that's not ever gonna happen. 
Uh, oh. But speaking of the future, <laughs> MSB, I'm really excited mm-hmm. not to jump the gun, but I'm really excited to get to your topic. Ah, yes. Yeah. Speaking of the future, indeed. Um, and the past. Here we go. All right, not quote. Roll. I roll. I roll. I would say I roll. Um, so quote, yeah, roll. my top of the moment is an animated superhero series that first aired in 1999. It ran for three seasons. Go ahead and just shout it out when you've guessed it. Um, Teen Titans. I was talking to the Oh, sorry. Teen Titans. <laughs> he already said that. Teen Titans. No, it's Batman Beyond. Tweed Titans? <laughs> Tweed Titans. Yeah, they're real Tweed. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's, it's 1999's Batman Beyond. Um, it ran for three seasons, and it was a continuation. It's it's in DC canon, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's official canon and everything. It's a continuation of the superhero Batman. Basically, Bruce Wayne, super old, uh, and... You guys are giving me weird looks. No, no, we're giving each other weird looks. Yeah, we just looked at each other really oddly. That's just how my face looks. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, Yeah, Bruce Wayne's really, he, basically, I'm just going to do the opening scene real quick. Yeah, please. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to do the whole thing. Don't don't worry. Basically, Bruce Wayne, around this time, uh, actually, no, it's like a little, it's a little before that. Yeah, it's like, I guess in the late 90s. Yeah. Like before the t- turn of the century, Bruce Wayne is still trying to be Batman, but he's super old, and he's, dude, he goes to rec- rescue this person, and while he's fighting the bad guys, he has a heart attack. Oh. And he's like, no, no, no I can't do this anymore. I'm hanging it up. And then he goes, never again, as he closes the door to the Batcave. Yeah. Right? And what I love... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically, this, through a series of fortunate events... Nice, dude. Um... This teenager ends up figuring out that Bruce Wayne is Bruce Wayne and that he was Batman and steals his bat suit, starts becoming starts fighting bad starts guys. Around, then they yeah. partner together and now it's like a duo dynamic duo. Bruce Wayne's kinda like running the show back at the bat cave. He's, 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 he's the Alfred, Alfred Pennywise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh Pennyworth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh the new Batman's like out there fighting crime. And so one of the reasons I watched this show a lot when I was a kid and I just recently rediscovered it. Um, and I, last night I bought some of the seasons on Amazon and just started binge watching it. Um, but it was, it's an, it's a really interesting story because it's, it's, it's way darker. Like it, a, a lot of critics that reviewed it at the time were like, this is not really a kid's show. Like there's a lot of kind of weird content in it that wasn't necessarily like par for the course for that type of right. show at that time, um, and DC wrote themselves into a corner because a year before the third season of uh, Batman Beyond, they started airing Justice League, Justice mm-hmm. League on, and it was a runaway hit, and they couldn't afford to keep them both going at the same time after the third season, and so they had to kill one, and Justice League was more popular, so they kept Justice League. Um, uh, for shame. Yeah, it was supposed to run, I think, for five seasons, and uh, it got cut short. Is it? As good, let's get let's just pull the bandaid off. <laughs> is it as good as Batman the Animated Series? So, oh. no, go ahead. So, uh, you know, you've seen Batman the Animated Series, yeah, Chris. No. So you <laughs> I just, just made that, yeah. That, well, not that doesn't necessarily mean that that's you've a good seen point. This. That's a good point. Uh, so, that uh, art style, yeah, mm-hmm. where it's like kind of the cars look super old and it's like, a very gothic, it's, yeah, dated, yeah. 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 <clears throat> that's how. It begins, so we're still like in this old Gotham, right? Mm-hmm. And then he hangs up the bat suit and shuts the yeah. the bat cave, and then we fast forward. Yeah, we fast forward to, I guess it's twenty nineteen. It is twenty nineteen. Is the, is the supposed to start? Yeah, year. Uh, and there's like flying cars and tall buildings and sh- gangs are roaming the streets. Oh, and there's, all a, this. there's a Joker's gang. Yeah, there's no so, like, Joker's there's not there these anymore. dudes that like kind of buy into the like. I guess anarchist ethos of the Joker, and so they they just form gangs, and they're like they dress as Jokers, but they're gangs. And they go yeah. down. So do they? Does it have like individual supervillains? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes, it does. And there's all, one main one, but there's a whole bunch. But they're of all they're all new and original. Mm-hmm. Um, Ink was one of my favorite. Ink, I, I just um, watched that episode. But so so what I was saying is that like to compare them, it would be kind of difficult because I kind of see them as the same show and it's just a continuation. Yeah. And it's super extended continuation of the same show. I will say that the, that the, it's, because I was watching some of the animated series too, um, 
right before. That was kind of what reminded me of all this. And uh, it's really interesting the stark contrast in like the quality of animation between like ninety two, ninety three, and ninety nine. And I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it could be accounted for by just like different artists and stuff. But yeah. there's something about the the animated series from the early nineties where like some of the animation just feels real awkward. Yeah. Like the yeah. the motion in it. Um, and everything about me now is like so much more smooth. There's like feel like harder edges and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, the bat suit change is more futuristic. It doesn't have a cape anymore. It's very sexy. Have, yeah. It is very sexy. It's very streamlined. So yeah. But <laughs> all, in the night, like uh, those early shows uh, with the superheroes, everybody had like the big, like all the guys had like the big chest and the giant shoulders. But Terry McGinnis, who's the new Batman, uh, voiced by Will Friedel. 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 Boy Meets World's Friedel. Will Friedel. Um, <laughs> He's real sleek and like thin and kind of puny, um, and Kevin Conroy mm-hmm. comes back as Batman, old Batman, and is just upset. There's actually some weird voice actor credits too. There's like William H Macy's plays something, yeah. oh, and one wow. of them. I was scrolling through. That's the only one that pops to mind at the moment. But there's several like big names. Yeah, people. big names uh, in it. Anyway, but I love it. Yeah, I, love it. I would super if you're into like superheroes at all, and I'm really not that much, but. Um, <laughs> Or if you watched the show as a kid and like you forgot about it, go look it up. It's awesome. Check it out. It's really good. All right. Well, um, I think that that's a terrible segue into our, our main discussion topic for the evening. <laughs> um, so Chris and Nate had the idea to bring Heather in because what we're going to talk about is political correctness in comedy. And so Heather, you, you've got some experience in the comedy world. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience in the comedy world and then we'll kind of get into it. Sure. Um... I've been trying to make people laugh my whole life, uh, so there's that. But I've been doing improv for like a year and a half now, and I just recently took my first step at stand-up. Oh, right. I didn't which, know that. Yeah, it did it. People laughed some, nice. and that was my goal. Where and I you... got to take a beer on stage, and that made me real happy. That's pretty cool. Where did you do the stand-up? I did stand-up at the Institution Theater. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm not really familiar with it. Even though I acted, I played real yeah. well. Right? I you outed oh, yourself. Oh, you yeah, had me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe you. Oh, yeah. The, oh. Got it. You got it, in, you got it over there. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> so that's good that you've done, because uh, as of five seconds ago, I thought it was just, just improv. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the name of your improv troupe, by the way? Um, our name is Unlimited Breadsticks. Is it called a troupe? Uh, yeah. Well, okay, because the way Chris was looking cockeyed. Troupe. Yeah. Uh, no, it was just... <laughs> it's because I'm like... I'm tilted like a Frenchman, and like I have to turn back to like yeah, okay, you. Yeah, that's just real weird. Uh, Translation: Chris is sitting funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like a you Frenchman. Thought that was a euphemism. That is just his. It sounded like one, right? Can we yeah. get that started? Tilted yeah. like French. When you said that, I was like, I don't know what that means. Tilted. See, and I went like, the opposite. I was like, tilted. Yeah, you got it exactly. Um, Idioms are just one of those things that hit or hit or miss. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. we'll try it out. So. Uh, that gives us a little background as far as like your comedic uh, experience. experience. Yeah. So, um, I just came up with a couple of like real quick questions that I'm kind of curious about because I don't know anybody really in the this line of work. Um, so, speaking about political correctness, uh, correctness, do you uh, agree that comedy should or shouldn't have rules? That touches on both. Broad. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So so this touches on like improv. This touches on stand up, uh, television, mu- movies, everything. Do you mean like rules? Sorry, just to maybe clarify. Do you mean like rules specifically as they relate to political correctness? Right. Or just right. general. Okay. Like hey, oh, don't you don't talk about that. Like yeah, yeah. It's don't in, about that. Like are you going so far? Just for my own clarification. <laughs> to, are you going so far as to say there should be an FCC? <laughs> For, like, stand-up comedy? No, absolutely not. I don't think okay. so. It's just one of those things that, like, within the, the uh, like comedy community, rules. like, yeah, yeah. hey, you don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, I think that, no, there should not be anything that's off-limits. Because I think that for anything that's, like, real controversial, there... It may not be, like, the core of your jokes, and it may not be, like, the heart of your comedy, but I think there's a place and a timing that you can find where a joke that may be kind of cringeworthy elsewhere or, like, on its own 
it, it's laughable. So is it, it's kind of like, um, it, it's not just the joke, but it's how and when you hear it? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think, too, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, you have people like Amy Schumer who her whole shtick is that her comedy is so blue. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, just dirty, dirty comedy, and that's her jokes. And you have people like Jim Gaffigan who, like, couldn't go more polar opposite direction, doesn't say a cuss word, totally clean. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, yeah, I don't think that... I don't think there should be any rules because I think the whole point of comedy is that you push at the edges mm-hmm. of society and that you get people to think, like, hmm, yeah. maybe that could be different. So, I mean... Well, I, I was just going to say I don't think there should be rules either. I just think that what I've, what I've seen a lot, at least from my perspective from the comedians that I like and I don't like, I'm not a Daniel Tosh fan by any means. And I think a lot of that has to do with how far over the line that he goes. Um... I'm not bothered by pushing the line by any means. I just don't think that the ways in which he pushes the line is particularly funny. And at that same point, it's it's weird because keep doing it. But if that's your whole act, I really feel that you have to like expand it. Mm-hmm. So those comedians that are really like good, like a Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah, I mean he toes the lines. You know, some of his stuff is, some of his stuff isn't. Patton Oswalt can be like that, and, and can't Maria Ban. Well, Maria Manfred is a completely different <laughs> yeah. but, um, but like Daniel Tosh, it's like it's gimmicky, right? Yeah, it's like it just it's right. forced. Right. It's it's yeah. not a. It doesn't feel like it comes from any like genuine world experience or like right. any kind of. He's just like the white guy in the locker room that you think you should mm-hmm. laugh at. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this uh, real quick uh, on Daniel Tosh because. I've only ever seen Tosh.0, his mm. performance in Tosh.0. Have you guys seen his, his like, stand-up? Yeah. So is it kind of the same? So I'm just wondering, is it the... Is, is his, are his TV bosses, like, telling him to act? No, it's pretty much the pretty same. Pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. I, from my experience, at least. It's, yeah. It's, it's pretty much the same vein. If not, at times, worse. Because <clears throat> he he's not on TV. Because he's not, yeah. And, and, and so much of his stuff on, on television is dependent on, like, the videos that he gets. So obviously not the written segments. Mm-hmm. But him, like, riffing off of the videos that are submitted, um, those are, that's, like, dependent on that. In, 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 sorry, in his stand-up, it'll, it'll just go, like, anywhere. He can take it wherever he wants. And, and sometimes he will. Gotcha. And, Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's just like a, I don't know. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to, to do consistently. Yeah, right. It's a weird line to walk. So, <clears throat> you know, we hear a lot in the media nowadays about kind of a, a culture of outrage or or a just a tendency for people to get offended very easily. And you you, you may remember like back in twenty fourteen. Chris Rock made a comment in an interview about how he won't play colleges anymore mm-hmm. because uh, he, he basically said that they're, they're just too uptight about it. And I just want to read his quote real quick. <clears throat> he says, um, they're too conservative, is what he's saying. And he says, not, not in their political views, not like they're voting Republican, but in their social views, in their willingness not to offend anybody. Kids raised on a culture of, we're not going to keep score in the game because we don't want anybody to lose, or just ignoring race to a fault. You can't say, the black kid over there. No, it's the guy with the red shoes. You can't even be offensive on your way to being inoffensive. And so I just wonder, like, with that kind of thing in mind, and and other comics have expressed similar stuff like that. I mean, do you think people are too easily offended by maybe in particular comedy these days? I want to say yes. I don't know. I think, I mean, I think we have a generation who's so, like, inundated with constant social media and we're constantly like we have a thumb on the pulse of like what is going on constantly and so it's like you know there's definitely some pros to that that like there are these like social justice issues that for the first time ever we've as a culture been able to be like this is not cool please stop this but in that same vein I think that that can sometimes go half a step too far maybe and people like feel like they need a cause to be upset about Mm. when really you could just laugh Understand that's more fun comedy. Well, right, and that's the whole point, right? Is like my sense of humor. Like, while you and I might laugh at a couple of the same jokes, it's a spectrum. So it's not like you're gonna think every single thing that I say is funny, whether I intend it as a joke or not. And so it's like with a comedian. I mean, 
I would I would be surprised if you ever struck a hundred percent with any comedian, yeah. like a hundred percent like laugh rate. If you, right. will, yeah. you know. yeah, I mean, I, I I think it would be pretty weird if I went to a comedy show and laughed really hard at every single thing that came out of the comics mouth. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it would just it wouldn't be what it is because it it's it's like a roller coaster. Yeah, from what I've noticed is, and and that's why comedians practice like that same set that's why they have sets is because they have to fine tune what works and they have built in I think Hannibal Burris talked about it in one of his documentaries I can't think of the name now but it's when he goes to the Scottish festival and plays like 30 shows in a row like every day <laughs> at the same place to like essentially the same people <laughs> and it's just about like building in the like twist and turns so that it's not just like one straight I'm going to try to make you laugh as hard as I possibly can. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, it's, like, really interesting in, in that way. I also think that... Shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> well, I think, like, I mean, kind of in your direction, I mean, I think that's why I like people, uh, really, really like people like <laughs> Mike Perbiglia, whose whose whole sets are sort of a story arc. And like they they they're neatly wrapped up at the end, and they they take you on a journey. It's like almost like watching a play instead of watching uh, a stand up comic, mm -hmm. um, and that that fits in really well to that roller coaster type of thing. There's highs and lows. And yeah, parts of it you're laughing hysterically, and parts of it you're maybe close to tears. It's why <clears> I think <throat> that comedians that kind of have a like that, mm -hmm. and also ones that have like a quick fire rate, they can get away with it more. So like nobody's. Mitch Hedberg probably had stuff that was, like, blue, or was, like, not PC. Also, it was, like, during the 90s or whatever. Yeah. And then Stephen, what is it, Stephen Wright, I think is his name, is the guy with, the like, the big hair. I think it was oh, Stephen Wright. No. Stephen <laughs> <laughs> Wright. But they, they had those, like, really quick, dry, like, yeah. like one-liner mm -hmm. kind of jokes, and it's just rapid fire. And they can probably, in, in that way, they can probably get away with being a little bit more... Uh, non-PC, I guess, or whatever the term is, yeah, yeah. more blue, um, because it's just, you're not staying in it for very long. I think where a lot of the issues that comedians run into now is that they'll hit on a topic that the audience doesn't, that is uncomfortable with, but it's, it, it's in the midst of like a three minute joke or a three minute set. Or setup, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and so once you're in that three minute setup, all you can really do is if the audience in like the first thirty seconds is like really uncomfortable with it, it's really hard to then just like scrap your whole three minute set and then just like you push through it and it gets really uncomfortable and people start to really dislike what you're doing. Um. So it's just, I don't know. I I think that it's a really interesting topic, but it's a really hard thing to pull off and being politically correct is a roller coaster itself in our culture like it just changes years by years like what you can say and what you can't say and it should never be something I, I think that is like a rule um, to what you can and can't say it's just what is what are people comfortable with yeah and finding ways to create this art form that is comfortable with as many people as possible. But, so that's that goes back to the, the whole topic, is that, like, do you have to create an art form that is comfortable for everybody? So, uh, Ricky Gervais was on, um, I, I forget the talk show, but he was on a talk show recently, and he was asked about his uh, stand-up, or not stand-up, but his, what, what is it, like a bit or whatever, whatever, uh, for the... Um, Golden Globes. Golden Globes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was just like, because he went after everybody, right? Mm -hmm. um, and... Whoever whoever show he was on, was just like why like why did you go after everybody? And he said, would he rather entertain the two hundred people plus people in the room or the millions of people that are watching at home? Um, so I don't think that you have to to gear it towards you know make sure that it's something that everybody's okay with because yeah. it is your art form. Um, I I think I think you you. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, well, I think comedy inherently is kind of juxtaposed against people pleasing, mm -hmm. right? Like I, I this is 
could be totally a misquote, but I feel like Plato said <laughs> that, like, a joke always makes fun of someone, right? Like, someone is always the butt of a joke. Right. Yeah. There's there's no way around it. Um, and so it's, like, it's just the kind of thing where it's, like, you know, if you're going into comedy, it's super subjective. You know, there's a reason why, like, some people hate Jim Gaffigan and some mm-hmm. people love Amy Schumer. Like, there's, you know, it's your experiences, it's what offends you, it's what you've been through. So it's, it's the kind of thing where it's, like, if people are looking for political correctness, I feel like that's a very, like blanket thing right. mm-hmm. I think comedy is a very like niche thing yeah mm-hmm. so speaking of niche uh, are there any topics that are off the table I mean I know that like and, and I agree with you that like I, political correctness and comedy I, I don't those two aren't they don't they, they don't yeah they, they aren't <laughs> they don't together. Belong together they don't belong together I, I think there shouldn't be anything that's off the table but coming from a political I also I, I don't have any political background or political uh, comedy background but so coming from the comedy community is there anything that's off the table I don't think so, so I mean I think from abortion to like I, I can't think you can, AIDS I think or whatever you can find a joke in every subject matter but that being said something that's always stuck with me is Kristen Wiig was in an interview talking about Saturday Night Live and talking about the political sketches that they do and she was basically like we don't ever aim to be mean. Like, the point of our comedy is not that we're mean to these people. The point is that we're, we've got to find something in the darkness to laugh about. Right. And I think that that's a lot of, like, these, like, controversial issues. Like, you got to find something in the darkness to laugh about, and that's the whole point of comedy. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think, I don't think there's anything off the table, because once again, I think it comes back to, like, a place in time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that maybe, so... Maybe topics aren't off the table, but who's telling the joke and who's talking about that topic is off the table. So, like, is... Are people... And should people be comfortable with, like, Daniel Tosh joking about something as terrible as, like, rape or as something that is not personal to him, like like abortion? Does that become more uncomfortable because he is who he is? Or is it... Is it just, hey, if it's on the table for Wanda Sykes, it should be on the table for Daniel Tosh? I think yes, but I think a lot of comedy comes from your own experiences. Mm -hmm. So, like, Daniel Tosh making a joke about, like, how someone tried to roofie him at a bar. I don't know that he's ever made that joke. But if he did, like... And if he listens to this... Fuck you. It's not personal. Okay. Whoa. It's something personal for me. It's to you. But... But, yeah, I mean, you know, like... I don't know. I think there's just more, like, there are certain things that you can get away with that I can't, and there are certain things I can get away with that you can't. Yeah. And, I mean, I think, once again, it's a personal thing. Like, there are certain jokes, like, five years ago that I would have been in tears laughing at, and now, because of life experiences, I don't think it's funny. Yeah. yeah. But that's just me. That's yeah. not everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's I also, think, you know, Go, go ahead. I, I was going to say, it's also, I mean, at a certain level, again, I think it probably goes back to what you were saying earlier, which is how and and where you hear it. Exactly. Like, like Daniel Tosh would be a terrible candidate for a great right, joke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not that anyone is a great candidate, but, but someone like, else might be able to tell a similarly, you know, taboo joke and have it, you know, resonate with one of us or yeah. somebody. Yeah. It's also, you know, it's weird to think about political correctness in comedy just because political correctness is such a fluid thing. Like it's, you know, it changes every week essentially what's what's in vogue and what's banished. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention decades um, and, you know, generations of comedy, you know. <clears throat> it would be really weird for there to be, like, sort of this underground type or, or sort of subdued ethos of, like, there are these things that will never... You know, like a magician's code, almost. Like, yeah. <laughs> these are the things that we never, ever talk about, no matter who it is, and, like, no matter when it is. Yeah. Well, I think comedy, too, like, historically was really a form of pushing against censorship, and so mm-hmm. to say that there's, like, a blanket set of rules inherently goes against that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. That is definitely some irony. Yeah. yeah. When you were talking about that, I was just thinking of George Carlin's, like, seven, what is it, like, seven, seven. dirty words, or, mm-hmm. like, everything that you can't say on television. Right. And I don't know if you've, like, heard, and I don't remember what the words are exactly, like, all seven of them, but the words that you can't say on television that like he says are just realistically not that bad <laughs> like now looking back for almost 40 years if not more 
the we come so far. I mean, that just like adds to the fluidity of it. But I don't think that there will ever be a time where like comedy will not talk about the things that they were talking about in the past. Yeah. Because we as a culture are always moving forward and we're like gaining more experiences. And the younger the generation, they're experiencing more and more of it at an earlier age, so it becomes just a norm to them. Like, things that 13-year-olds are doing now, I'm just kind of like, whoa! <laughs> like, I would never have done that ever. Or, like, their makeup. They don't go through awkward phases. <laughs> I would have never worn that makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't even know how to do my makeup, so that's cool. I've been meaning to say that. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know how to do my makeup either. <laughs> So it would, it would have been the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, I think I think ultimately where I come down on this is uh, sort of the marveling at the beauty of free association. Some of the stuff you were saying, Heather, earlier just made me think about how like there really is kind of something for everyone in comedy, and it's just it's really nice that you can just sort of pick what you like and ignore what you don't. And uh, I think that transaction is sort of the crux of this whole conversation. Yeah. If it, you, if it offends you, don't. Yeah. Don't do it. It's easy to use Spotify <laughs> to hear like clips from comedians, like albums now. So just make your own playlist yeah. of the <laughs> jokes that work for you, and then you don't worry about the stuff that doesn't worry about you. <laughs> that. Whoa, whoa. Does it make you laugh? Whoa, whoa. Don't worry about the stuff that doesn't worry about you. <laughs> That's, That's actually like a, that should sticker. put on yeah. a beat. I can put see that on an embroidered pillow. Got it. <laughs> or two. Or two. Yeah, it's, it's pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Front and back side. Yeah, for, yeah. Reverse. Yeah. So duplex. So uh do you think it political correctness Heather, uh, do you think political correctness helps or hurts comedy? Like who's who's somebody that Or or is there any or may, I'm sorry. Or or like maybe is there any upside to to being to, on to leaning towards the, the, po- the political correctness side. So something that I think really is like hit home when you take improv classes is to play to the top of your intelligence so like when you're playing a child on stage you're not playing it as a seven-year-old like you're playing it as like heather 23 year old person with all of these world experiences and so i think there's something to be said for playing to the top of your intelligence and i think it takes a little bit more work and it's a little bit better um so I guess if, if that's, like, a part of what you would consider political correctness, then I would say, like, yes, there's definitely a place. Because um, at some point, like, a sex joke gets old. Like, mm-hmm. we'd be okay, ha, 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 we yeah. should, yeah. you know? Um, so I think there's something to be said for playing to the top of your intelligence, whatever that means for you. Um, but I think, and I think that's why, like, Daniel Tosh totally rubs me the wrong way, because it's, like, his humor is set out to be mean and disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's not, I mean... If I wanted to feel like that, I would go to a middle school cafeteria. Okay, he's a professional comedian. Like, he can do better. And I think that's where it's like, it's a little bit disappointing. Like, you have so many resources, and you're in Hollywood, and you've got all this stuff, and you could do better, but what you're doing is, like, making 12-year-old boys laugh. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But then again, like, how long has he been on TV? And how much <laughs> yeah. longer will he be on TV? Probably for a very long time. Yeah. yeah, and because then once he again, plays to his audience. it's the niche thing, right? Yeah. Like, I don't really laugh at jokes that 12-year-old boys laugh at. Mm. I mean, would you say that um, that the sort of play to the top of your intelligence maxim is sort of similar to the write what you know maxim? You know, they, they say that about writers all the time, you know, write yeah. what you know. Is I that think kind so. of the time, sim, sim, similar thing? I think so. And I think it just kind of creates, like, a culture of respect. Mm. But I don't, I mean, there are a lot of jokes that are going to be disrespectful to someone because someone's always the butt of a joke, right? Mm. Like, so you can't always be respectful and politically correct, I don't think. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it, though, is also just, like, not necessarily choosing your own battles, but just knowing when to employ the joke, or knowing how to employ the joke in the best manner. So... Like, I think Daniel Tosh doesn't really care about that. He want, Like you said, he wants to get those 12-year-olds to laugh. Or those college frat kids to laugh. That's what it is. Yeah. Same difference, really. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, if, if he, he could utilize the same kind of material if he just did it better. If, if it wasn't everything, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah no, I totally, totally get it. You're listening. Yeah, just, just like, work it, work it a little different. Yeah. Just deal yeah. with it. I, I also, 
another reason that I don't really like Daniel Tosh, and I think that this is where I think there's no room for political correctness is in this type of comedy. Um, one of my favorite comedians is Maria Bamford, and if you're not familiar with Maria Bamford, she has uh, bipolar disorder. I'm pretty sure that that's the disorder that she has. She um, was going about her career, and she was getting successful, and then she had, like, um, a break, and she had to move in with her parents, and she had to go to, like, um, I can't remember what it was. I don't remember if it was, like, a house, but she had to go get help. Yeah. Um, and then she came back, and she has a show on Netflix that came out last year that's all about that. But her comedy is... The butts of her jokes all the time in comedy are the people in her life, the people that are most close to her. She just does her comedy about what it means to be her and the experiences that she has, which is an important thing in comedy. And I think that a lot of times the people that 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 um, audiences have issues with, your Jim Jeffries and your Daniel Toshes and your Amy Schumers, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of merit in the self in their comedy. Whereas with people like Maria Bamford, it's all she, it's all her art is. It's just, I was broken, I am messed up, I have these struggles, and I can like talk about them as colorfully as I want to talk about them, and it completely, it works. You can yeah. do whatever she wants. Yeah, it's the opposite. She stays in that yeah. realm. It's the opposite yeah. of uh, uh, Larry the Cable Guy, who's <laughs> like a millionaire now, not mm-hmm. some lowly cable guy. Uh, that show, by the way, is Lady Dynamite. Yes. Uh, we'll add it to the show notes. Did you just clarify that Larry Cable or the Cable Guy is not just a cable guy? It's not anymore, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If this is shocking for you. Uh, not, anymore. A, not anymore. Not anymore. Taking Dorothy. a peek behind the scenes. Now, did you get that from The Verge? Or... <laughs> I, yeah, I left that up here. Uh, that's what it says. That's what it says. <laughs> no, I think that's such a good point, though. Like, that was one of the first things that I was told about doing stand-up was, like, people, what they're, like, you can do a terrible show joke-wise, but if you just have, like, charisma and who you are on stage, like, that's what's attractive to people. Yeah. Like, the, I think the, like, analogy was, like, you know, like, there are some people who are, like, chubby as hell, but they own it in a bikini, and that's hot. Like, there's <laughs> something hot about, like, being confident and authentic and, like, who you are. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think that's exactly right. Like, I think, like, Dane Cook had it for a minute, and then he went too generic. And mm-hmm. Daniel Tosh does the same thing. Like, if you, if you start trying to people-please and target your audience instead of just, like, be yourself, I think that's when you really... That's when you lose people. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, yeah, like, Amy Schumer's jokes, it's like, haha, this is funny... But you're a funny person. Like, you could be funnier if you dug a little deeper. Yeah. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy, by the way, is worth $80 million. What? No. Uh, his cable an action business figure? is... That's not politically correct. Popping up. It's because he did that heartburn commercial. Oh, yeah. And oh, also, yeah. Uh, he did help me a lot. It also was pilot. Was and uh, and oh, did he yeah. do Nutrisystem, too? No, you're thinking of Nutrisystem. Yeah. Dan, you're thinking of... Dan Marino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's always Which always fails. I Dan always Marino. get them mixed up. Yeah, yeah easy to confuse. Their lines of work are so similar. Yeah. They won a lot of Super Bowls. The same amount of Super Bowls. <laughs> well, I mean, like, almost the same. Give or take. Well, like, no, uh, literally Super zero. and chugging beer. Yeah, right, right in the same vein. Uh, Heather, who is uh, one of your favorite comedians right now? Or overall? Or overall, ever? right now, ever? So, I am in love with Chris Farley. We're in love. <laughs> We're in love. Actually, it was so heartbreaking. I, like, I That's grew nice up, story. like, watching comedies I should, I had no business watching growing up. Like, I was, like, in the third grade, and I would just, like, watch Tommy Boy on repeat to my older brother's, like, baseball tournaments, you know? Is Tommy Boy not appropriate for a third grader? I don't know. I, I mean, I was fun. eight, so I feel like no, but... Hey, your kids, you raise them the way like you want. You know? yeah. But like I so I like fall in love with this guy, you know? And I'm like, wow, someday Chris Farley and I are gonna get married. Like he is so cool. And then I get to the sixth grade and I discover the internet and I was mm. like, I wonder what my future husband's up to. Cocaine. And I look it up in two thousand six, mind yeah, you. Yeah. It's two thousand six yeah. and, and I keep reading and I was like, That's weird. Why does it have a death date on his Wikipedia page? What a funny error. Wait, hang on. <laughs> yeah. Let me just go in and edit that. I just saw him yesterday. Yeah. I just like sobbed for a month. It was casual. Oh. 
So um, are you, are you into his brothers at all? Because he has brothers. Yeah, he's got plenty, and they look just okay. like him. Yeah. He has brothers, they're but not no. Funny. I don't mm-hmm. have they, they okay. They're, they're not, not my Chris. Yeah, they're not as funny. Um, but I love John Mulaney right now. Mm. I think he's one of those people, like, he has a joke about drag queens, and, like, that's a topic that could totally be off-limits, right, from, like, the PC perspective, but Mm -hmm. he delivers it really well, and it's not in a hateful, mean, generic Daniel Tosh way. Yeah, I think that... And it's hilarious. That's also also something that you can really pull off. If you can make those jokes, make them earnestly, and, in a way, champion the people that you're kind of ribbing, like, they will love you forever. Exactly. Like they'll just support the heck out of you if you can if you can just not be an asshole, basically. <laughs> just don't be an asshole. He was looking at you, Daniel. Tosh. You're full of great advice this evening. Yeah. Do it better and don't don't be an, be an asshole. asshole. And don't worry about what doesn't worry about you. Right. That's yeah. right. That I forgot that's one. the joke. Actually, I think I'm pretty sure I got that from Schoolboy Q. Hey man, it, it might be in Big Body. Big you have to own it. Dude. Don't worry about. Yeah. Even if it's not yours, you. own it. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about. Don't worry about you. Um. So. Have you ever, have you ever been to Buzzmill here in Austin? Uh, so it's our local coffee bar, and they do Buzzkill Wednesdays. So, uh, and we go. We were just there last night. Um, <laughs> we were on comedy night, but we skipped out. A we ducked out. Um, but, but they so have a comedy night. Yeah, they yeah, have, they have night. every Wednesday. Night. Every Wednesday, uh, Buzzkill comedy. Um, you should check it out because yeah. it would be cool to be like, hey, I, I know her. Yeah, I was in a podcast one time. Um, <laughs> do you you've have, likely never heard. Do you have plans? Uh, do you have? <laughs> it's dead now. <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> do you have plans to potentially look into doing like funniest person in Austin? Yeah, I would love to. FPIA. Yeah. Damn dude. Yeah. The, yeah so check it out. That's, that's what it's out. more. I think Usually it's better known as FPIA. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 I was confused when you mentioned. Yeah. I didn't know that's what it's still for. <laughs> yeah, it was the preposition that threw us off. Yeah. So, dr- thinking of doing that? No? Yeah, I think that would be really cool. It, I it's Didn't we usually, go to that one time? Yeah, we did. Yeah. It's usually in May, right? Mm-hmm. So they must have, they, they, just, they just started it. I think, yeah, they like crowned the funniest person on like the night of the one stand-up workshop I went to. <laughs> yeah. This is perfect. You it feels a, like a good no You have a yeah. whole year to craft everything. Now. Yeah, totally. You know, you have a goal set and you can just be like, I got a year to enter that. I got a year. <laughs> Yeah. I'll come and support you. Yeah. Thanks. You got the right idea. We'll provide music for your uh, montage. We'll provide some. If you could just some like Michelle Branch. Oh, yeah. We can get Skater Boy, Skatator Boy. Skatator. Skatator Boy. Skatator Boy. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Heather Coffee, for joining us. Thank you very much. Is there anything you want to tell anybody about? Like, even just like a social media profile, like Twitter or Instagram or anything? Yeah. I try to be really funny on Twitter. It's Heather Coffee. Just like the drink, that's how my last name is spelled, and then I have like a. I'm trying really hard to have like the most basic white girl Instagram, <laughs> and I'm going to Europe this weekend, so that should be pretty easy to attain. Yeah, you don't just for absolutely. the weekend. <laughs> just for yeah, it's a quick yeah. trip. How re- how regal? Uh, sponsored by Starbucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Instagram's Heather M Coffee. Heather M Coffee. Yeah. Okay. Like Heather M Coffee. Oh. Just one in there. I was like, <laughs> so you have to say it quickly. Heather, I'm I will Heather. attest that it is a, it is that quote unquote basic white girl Instagram. I've seen some wow, basic white girls. Thank you. Yeah, right? Oh my god. Hey, you're you're like trolling up. You've, you've seen me trolling around in your comments. Trolling being like, this isn't a, this isn't a, a, what do you call that? Okay. Yeah. Flashback Friday. FBF. I saw you at the office FBF. today. I mean, yeah. It's I'm fine. just a, I'm it's just a rat. I'm a dirty rat in those and comments. And I wear my hair in braids a lot, and I feel like that's very basic white girl. Is it? I don't know. I actually, I use that term, and I don't know what I <laughs> The thing is, though, I asked a friend one time, I was like, hey, do you feel like it's really basic how I like dress and act? and live my life and she was like no and then in my mind I was like oh but she's basic so she's trying to be more but I mean to be fair Chris you're kind of a hipster and you try to deny it which actually makes you a hipster I don't think because hipsters never that takes you, no I think the that, first time that a hipster denies it it takes him to that next hipster level yeah it's like a boy scout you match you <laughs> just hit the chair yeah, that's so hipster. I meant to right, well, like, compassionately in a chat. Heather <laughs> M. Coffee on Twitter. You can follow her. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Um, and we're on iTunes. 
Yeah, I know well, that we've mentioned it before, but it's a relatively recent question? development. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, sorry. No, that was not a question. You looked like, straight in my eyes, and you're like, we're on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. I was telling you, because I don't think you knew it yet. yet. Um, I've never subscribed. <laughs> that's actually 100% true. I did not subscribe to our iTunes. But, yeah, you can. You guys can go and uh, search on iTunes for Ride or Die, all one word. Uh, and look us up there, subscribe, and uh, leave us a review if you listen and... You liked what you heard, or even if you hated what you heard, I don't really care. Just leave a, a review. That really helps us out. Um, also, you can always email us. Tell us what you think about uh, political correctness and comedy at writerdieblog at gmail.com. You can always find us on social media. At writerdieblog is our handle on most uh, social networks. And writerdie.net for all of our other content. Yes, Nate? Also, uh, once, once you start, once you get to a certain point, and I'm like, I, I need to I say something. If I don't cut him off now, he'll just end the show. Uh Email us your most offensive uh, joke, because I won't even read it. Me? You said you won't even read it? <laughs> I won't even read it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll even gloss right over it. it. Like, practice, Heather, practice your most offensive jokes just in our email. We won't even read it. Just blow it up and gloss right over it. Yeah, you can use it, just think of it as like a, as like a spitball. Yeah, or like a, a notepad or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Thank you.